Hey guys, this is G and Christina, and you're listening to Radical Stepmoms, a podcast about the good, bad, and really ugly moments about raising a child that you didn't create. The two of us bonded over our stepmotherhood experiences, and we want our listeners to feel like you're sitting right here with us, drinking your beverage of choice, and going, yes, hell yes, me too. We get in-depth about the realities of co-parenting, the way stepmotherhood affects a marriage, the relationship with our stepkids, and most of all, navigating the relationship with ourselves. We get real and sometimes use profanity, so keep that in mind if you have little ears around. To make it simple, we'll always put the E for explicit in our title. So pour yourself a LaCroix, a glass of red, or whatever, and listen in on Radical Stepmoms. Hello, you are listening to Radical Stepmoms. This is Christina. And husband. (laughs) This is my husband, Jacob. Hi. He is joining us for this episode, as we thought it would be a fun thing to do, to really get down to the workings of a blended family marriage relationship. It's going to be fun. (laughs) You look nervous. I am nervous. This is uh, completely contrary to my character. Mm-hmm. I don't even like my voice on my voicemail message, so mm-hmm. putting it out there for everyone to listen to is a little intimidating. Yes, you must really love me. I do. Yeah. I do. I support you in every way that I possibly can, and so this being one of them, I'm happy to be here, mm-hmm. even if it's not... Uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> So when we, when we're going to start, so moving through this episode, so we went over the questions that were submitted from our Instagram followers last night. We did. So you had a little bit of preparation, but anytime that we kind of got deeper into the conversation, we kind of just stopped it knowing that we were going to want it to be less rehearsed in the episode. So... Absolutely. I I, I lost track and couldn't tell if we were actually in an... I wouldn't say argument, but in a conversation, <laughs> or if we were still rehearsing for, for this. And, and I was like, wait a minute, this feels strangely awkward and familiar at the same time. We did come up with some ground rules, though, for this episode. So, yeah, my, my dearest love, what are the ground rules? I'm not allowed to say any names. No so names. I can't mention the names of our children uh-huh. or anybody else involved in our co-parenting yes, we situation. Say step kids for me, kids for you. Our children. Our children. Right. And I, I can't call anybody any names. <laughs> Yes, there will be no name calling on this episode because we are bigger and better than her. (laughs) Y'all know what I'm talking about. We remain respectful nonetheless. Yes. Even if our first inclination is to... Lash out irrationally. Irrationally in many ways. However, I have reserved the right to profanity, which I'm very fluent in. So that E that you see... On the title, E for Explicit, we say that is, at every episode. It's there for a reason and will likely be used. Okay, we're moving on. Sorry. <laughs> so we want to give a backstory on kind of how we met, how our blended family was formed. Um, so as many of you know, if you follow along on our Instagram or if you've heard previous episodes, when I met my husband, I was 27 years old living by myself. I was going to the gym six days a week. 
I was eating most of my dinners off of a cutting board in front of the TV while watching Friends. I That hasn't changed completely in our marriage. But all that to say, <clears throat> on my own, only had to worry about myself. And then one December evening, I went to our gym's holiday party with a friend. And this guy showed up. And there was one seat left at the restaurant table. There were two seats left. Oh, okay. There were, well, I take that back. There were three. Two at the very end and then the actual end of the table. And I looked around, I scanned, and I said, I could sit there. I could sit on the end or I could sit next to the pretty girl. <laughs> you all know which one I chose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so then... We introduce ourselves. I'm, you know, I go to the gym all the time. I haven't really seen you much. I'm not a stalker. He then proceeds to tell me, oh, yeah, you go to the gym Monday, Wednesday, Fridays at 6.30, and then you usually are there around this time on this day, and I'm just like... It's because she was there the same times that I was, so I knew what my schedule was. She was there. Whatever. Anyways. I'm not a stalker. So I walked away from that dinner thinking, oh, he's a nice, cute guy, but a little weird because he knew my schedule a little too closely. Anyways, yeah. so fast fast forward three months later, we casually flirt banter uh, at the gym, and then it was three months later that we decided, hey, let's go grab a drink after the gym, and so we did. And I think we had dinner. There was food. There was food. We had food, drinks, and then cashed out. And then we stayed and had more drinks. And it ended up being like a four-hour long. Three three to four. Three to four-hour long. Who's counting? It flew by. (laughs) It flew by. Um, And for that, that's what we call our non-date date. So that was like our... Our first date but it wasn't really a date so there was like a lot of pressure off and a lot of things were said in that first couple hours so it was uh, so to give you a little background I was 37 yes he is 10 years older than me folks and had had some relationships obviously a child with one of those relationships. That was not obvious to me at the time. (laughs) It became obvious in that three to four hour conversation Mm -hmm. in that I, at that point, was tired of wasting time. And I came into that non-date date with the intention of being as open and honest as I possibly could be because I wasn't into wasting anybody else's time. I had, uh, at the time, a three-year-old who um, I was not going to get involved with the person that I was potentially dating, not any, or at least not having any plans to do that anytime soon. And But I wanted that to be known. And basically everything that I was interested in or looking to to achieve no pressure but be open and honest no games 
Ultimately, mm-hmm. that's the important part. It was no yeah. no games. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I'm sitting across from him going, what the fuck? <laughs> Who is this guy? Why is he just laying it out on the table? Like, why are we having such... And then, like, midway through, probably earlier than that, I was like, all right, there, there's something, there's something kind of neat about this. And when we walked away from the date, it was like, I knew that... She, she wanted me to kiss her. <laughs> I did want you to kiss me. <laughs> She did. But he didn't. Because I have standards. Yes, whatever. Anyways. I'm not a whore. So we ended up walking away from that date, and I was like, all right, there's something special about this guy. And so I think it was several weeks went by. We saw each other a couple more times, and then I was finally like, all right, are are we doing this? Like, is this, like, are we going to have a relationship or what? So we'll spare everyone else the, the details of that. But it, it happened pretty fast. It did um, happen fast. So we started dating, and then after six months, we moved in together. And then after another... Another six months, really. Six months later, we bought a house. Um, six months after that, we got married. And then a year and two months after that, we got pregnant and now we have a two-year-old daughter, mm-hmm. and we have an eight-year-old son, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, so that's kind of the backstory. We had a yes. plan. We had a plan. And we executed. I had a plan. We had a plan. Yeah, we had a plan. So that's our story. So there were a lot of questions submitted from our followers, and we are just going to go down the list and answer Honestly and openly as we comfortably can. <laughs> um, so, excuse me, I got a cough. <coughs> My wife has a little bit of a cold, I have a little sorry. bit of a cold. You know why? Because kids are nasty. Germ factory and school started. Yes, school started, kids mm-hmm. are nasty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so number one. When did your husband know it was time to introduce you to his child? <laughs> That's a question for you, babe. It is for me. Uh, uh, I didn't know. I didn't know. Um, what I did know at the time, part of which was the non-date date. Because how long? How long would you say it was from the time we had our non-date non-date date and yeah. then me meeting him? Yeah. Well, I remember you bringing it up at one point, and I said, you know, I want to make sure that we are more careful with this because you know, of attachment and if things don't work out. And I believe you said something to like, well, let me worry about him. Of course, because me being an ignorant (laughs) man, child myself, I did not factor in and took for granted the fact that you could, you know, be developing an attachment with him as well. So I was making the point of, yeah, that's cool. You can worry about him, but I'm worried about myself also in that if this doesn't work out, I'm losing a boyfriend and a little kid that I've, you know, opened my heart to. So Absolutely. I think I kind of pull, push the brakes on it a little bit. And but I was still ignorant, man child. You, you still are, yes. I, not, not still. At the time, <laughs> at the time I was still ignorant, man child. Um, <clears throat> what I did know, even though I, I treated it, as at that at, in at that introduction, I treated it as more of a casual, 
you know, just like, hey, whatever. Not intending on there to be any form of attachment or whatever. It was merely an introduction amongst friends, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, I, I knew at the time there was something there with you. I knew that this was different. I knew that what I was feeling was different than anybody else that I'd ever met or dated and that the potential for real lifelong substance was there. And ultimately it made me more comfortable in just making the introduction. If that didn't exist, Mm -hmm. that wouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. If you, if, if you didn't have that potential for me, I wouldn't have treated it as a casual mm-hmm. possibility. It would have been a, there's no point. Sure. You don't have that possibility. This has no future. <clears throat> I'm not even going to bother because I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. But knowing in, in my heart that there was real possibility, it made it easier to treat that first introduction very brief as something more casual for him of, hey, we're going to stop by my friend's place mm-hmm. and we're just going to, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. hang out. Which is what you did. You texted me and you were like, hey, are you home? And I'm like, yeah, what's up? And you're like, me and my son are going to swing by. And then next thing I know, <laughs> my door opens and I'm like, hi. Well, and a three-year-old walks in and grabs my foam roller. And like, I just remember this, like it was yesterday morning. Like it was like... He was playing with my foam roller. I'm hitting him with it. He's laughing. Like, it's like super And, and selfishly, super and, you know, completely honest and selfish uh, <clears throat> in that moment, I, I really, I just wanted to see you. Yeah. And I figured, eh, he's three. He ain't going to remember shit anyway. <laughs> Which he does remember shit. Uh, pretty much from three on. Three on, yeah. yeah. Everything before three, yeah. Uh, he doesn't remember. Yeah. But ironically enough, he does remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, what was the most stressful part of co-parenting while dating? So I'm going to answer this for you. Uh, okay. You, cause we talked about this. You pretty much said that you can't really think of what was exactly stressful when we were dating, partly because we only dated for like what a year and then or... if you say so, it was a whirlwind. <laughs> I was swept off my feet. I hardly remember okay. Let thing. me answer. All right. <laughs> The most stressful part of co-parenting for me while we were dating was the uncertainty of my position where I felt that unless I had a ring on my finger or a marriage license and my last name was changed, that my role and my position didn't really matter and that I wasn't seen as like a real quote unquote stepmom. And so while we were dating, it's like, yeah, we were dating, but I was still wiping his butt. I was still taking him to daycare, picking him up from daycare. I was still feeding him meals and hanging out with him while you were working. Or like I was doing, mm-hmm. every, I was giving him baths. Like I was doing it all, mm-hmm. nighttime bed stories, all of that. And you definitely jumped in with both feet. Yes. <clears throat> and so while we were dating, it was like, okay, I'm doing all this. But I don't really know what my role, like my, my identity was so distorted at that time while also being like, okay, the kid aside, there's this relationship I'm trying to nurture 
And I don't know like what that looks like. I just felt like, boom, we have this relationship happening and we're also parenting together all at once. (laughs) And that's what I think was the hardest thing to just jump right into given like the transition of my realities of being single and at home by myself and boom, I have this new relationship in a three-year-old. Yeah. I think for me, the most stressful part about dating or co-parenting while dating was the introduction. Mm. I feel with, like... With me and bio mom? With, yeah, with you and bio mom. And, and that's in that uh, bio mom is a... We call I, that I, high conflict bio mom in the biz. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. I was not aware of that, but okay. Yes, um, high conflict bio mom is what she would be I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a layman, so I, I, I'm less familiar with the biz, but I call her a very insecure person. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that she feels threatened by any other maternal influence that has any effect on her on her biological child, mm-hmm. and so uh, having to continuously defend and validate your experience and your need and role in his life, uh, and your ability to provide support without her providing any form of approval for you to be there. Mm-hmm. Like having to defend your right to be there mm-hmm. and not and, and not have it be subject to her approval was, was extremely challenging because it was continuous. Yeah. You know, it was, Sometimes it, it still is. It's, yeah, it's, on, it's ongoing. Five years. Yeah. It's ongoing. Uh, and that's kind of what muddies the water in this question is that it's not necessarily... The most stressful part of co-parenting while dating, it's the most stressful right. part about co-parenting. Sure. Rega- you For know. you, yeah. Yeah, period. For me. Yeah, because yeah. my, yeah, I mean, my, my answer changes when we got married. Like, it was sure. like, I mean, it wasn't like a wand was waved and I was like, I feel validated and we're married now. I'm established. But it was definitely like, okay, like, it was almost like a, a sign to her to say, hey, I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. You can bitch all you want, but I'm still here. Mm-hmm. Like that, So that's kind of what changed for me as far as the dating versus present day. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, number three, how do you keep the spark going in your marriage despite the stress of a blended family? So you spoke to this last night. I did. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I spoke, I, I spoke in a very generically like what any couple does when sure. they have parents or excuse me, have children. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how, the, and, and that didn't, it wasn't really re- reflected right. through the lens of. Yeah. Which is telling. Okay. So what happened was I I asked this question to him and he's like, well, you know, we go on dates and we have sex and we flirt and we, and it's like. <laughs> Well, yeah, but when it's specific to our co-parenting, like our blended family situation, how do we keep a spark? Because we argue about we specific argue, things we argue pertaining to him and her. And yeah, it's, it's really, it's the making time to separate from that stressor, mm-hmm. the, 
you know, it's taking time. Like one of the things that you mentioned last night when we were talking about this was we don't talk about this in the bedroom. We yeah. don't talk about her. We She's not allowed about, in our bedroom. We don't talk about any of that yep. once we go upstairs, right? Yep. But like even then, it's, it's making time for each other, just like you would in any other relationship where you have children and whatever else. Mm-hmm. But this is, you're specifically isolating yourself from that external influence. Mm-hmm. For, for me, the, the thing that I come back to when I'm feeling distant from you or I'm feeling overwhelmed with life's, realities is I try to remember who we are as a couple and who we are, who we were when we were sitting across from each other at that table at the restaurant and the non-date date and, and not who we are as parents. Cause I feel like those can get really muddled and I love you as the father you are. I, that is, you know, one of the reasons why I fell in love with you. Yes. But I also love you for all the other reasons. And when shit gets hard and we're constantly go, 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 pickups, drop offs, you know, backpacks and school shoes and all this stuff. And it's like, well, we have to argue about the five emails that she rapid fired to, to us on a Sunday night. Like, which, which is my fault. Ultimately, that's a whole nother topic, but <laughs> The reason why we get five emails instead of one is, is my own doing. <laughs> so, um, I have to kind of just like for us, for me to just let that go, I have to think about who we are as a couple and connecting with just you and not focusing on all the other stuff. Because early on in our relationship, we both said we are going to be better parents when we're better, when we focus on our marriage. It's truly indicative of, you know, the pace that we chose to operate on and what level of commitment we jumped into from that pace. I mean, we both jumped in with both feet. We both took on a lot and we both jumped right into parenting and co-parenting in this blended family. And, and instead of, you know, maybe a more traditional route of dating for a longer period of time, prior to getting, you know, bringing Mm -hmm. in those other influences. And so now the effect is because we've chosen to do so, we need, we we step back now. We have, now we have Mm -hmm. to consciously step back to say, this is who we are without all of this. Mm -hmm. Let's focus on that for a moment. Let's enrich that. Let's nurture that. Mm And we, we, we totally understand that that's still there. It's always going to be there. But this is the foundation. Mm-hmm. This is what needs to be. And the tangible ways in which we do that, yeah. we have a date night at least once a month, thanks to my wonderful mother who comes up and visits once a month. Thank you, Mom. <laughs> um, we have date nights. We <laughs> rush around in the evenings to get the kid both kids to bed by eight o'clock um sometimes 7 45 depending upon how shit shit the little shits they are <laughs> but we schedule time every evening to try and like connect and whether it's sometimes we're just sitting on the couch next to each other we're both on our phones with friends on in the background and that's fine honestly one of the things that 
has been the most important to me, to us, uh, early on, which is really, really difficult to do when you have one child, if not more, mm-hmm. you know, with our schedules, it was really important for me to say, when I get home, I typically get home later. When I get home, I want five minutes alone with you. Ten minutes would be would be great, but at least five minutes. Give me five minutes to decompress and just connect with you before we have to be on mm-hmm. as parents. However we accomplish that. And it's extremely challenging. <laughs> extremely challenging when you have a two-year-old. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, because, I mean, scene, you know, like you come in. I'm usually like in the kitchen trying to get dinner made. Right. Our daughter is either attached to me in a carrier or hanging around my feet. I'm trying to distract her. If we have our son, you know, he's either playing with her toys in the living room. Lately. Lately, yeah. Yeah. So it's like chaos. I have water that could be overboiling. Like, and it's, it's just right. like... It's, it's hard to create that space to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But the ability to connect and, and make that a priority is so vital I, I can't even express to you how important that is and how fulfilling it is to just have that before you're like okay on to the next challenge mm-hmm. you know yeah and that's something that we haven't been successful at completely yeah there are times when we've been very very successful at that and other times that we don't and it's really it's it's purely based on everything else that's going on and all the other needs of our kids and everything else. And and it's not always going to be that chaotic. And mm-hmm. that's what I'm looking forward to, you know, when our kids get a little older, they'll understand that. When, you know, they're a little older and they're like, I'm not I'm not going to bed at 8, you know. It's like, well, fine. Then I just want you to be in your room at 8 cuz mom and dad need some time together. Right. Or, hey, dad just got home. Mom and dad are going to go like canoodle in the hallway over there and you know the kids can entertain themselves like eventually and that's what i want them to see is us making time for each other absolutely i think one that's definitely one of the biggest motivators why that was a priority for me coming into this relationship and talking to you about that is that i want my children to see what a successful relationship looks like. I want them to know that their mother is my first priority. And I didn't have that little backstory for me, uh, not to get too in depth. I know that that's another question. Well, no, further that's down, fine. We can, we're skipping around. You're going to, yeah. Well, I, I just, I, I did not have that in my life growing up. Um, I am a product of divorce. I had a lot of step parents or parental LTRs that ultimately were like step parents for however many years until things separated. Probably more of those than I can almost count. Uh, And so I was bound and determined when I grew up to not repeat that cycle for my children. Unfortunately, I failed in that by having a child 
uh, with a person that I did not intend on having a relationship with. Mm -hmm. And so picking up the pieces from there, putting my best foot forward, making sure that my children saw and understood what it meant to be in this type of relationship and what the importance was of making your partner your priority was ultimately the most important thing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I love you. Uh, yeah, I know why you're saying that. <laughs> Go ahead, get to the question. <laughs> Good segue. Number four, do you ever blame your husband for his previous choices? Uh, an honest answer would be yes. How, um, how could you not? I can get really resentful, and that's why I go to therapy. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, we talk about this all the time on our social media um, of having that second wife syndrome, having that second experience syndrome, and so much of the chaos that's in our lives is caused by a choice that you made nine years ago and um it pisses me off and a terrible choice (laughs) it's it it resulted in a child that is very high needs but He's a wonderful child. He's wonderful. He's absolutely wonderful. And he has high needs. If we could just take her out of the equation, that's the part that I judge you on, where I'm like, how can you love me? How can you have chosen me and all of my wonderful qualities? How on earth was that attractive to you? It was. <laughs> it was enough to get her naked. Mic drop, girls. Applaud me. If you're listening in your car... Yell out the window. This is, yes. <laughs> you got her naked. You liked her enough to do that. I don't want to get too into it because I don't want to throw up, especially with you're, the mic on. You're already nauseous. I don't really need, need to So, do that. yes, I, I... I have no excuse. ...judge you for that. You should. You um, should. I judge myself. Um, and it, it, it... I always reel myself back in because I'm like, okay, I try and be... I try and be positive, and I don't want to always say, what are you counting? He's counting on his fingers, and I don't know why. Um, I was just <laughs> being, re- resent is a six-letter word, literally and figuratively. Okay, I don't know what that means. It means that You've lost us. I am resentful of myself, regretful mm-hmm. of my own decisions uh-huh. in this case. Uh-huh. It is what it is. It got me to where I am. I love my son. Uh-huh. I am regretful for the, the, the trouble that it has caused the, the, you know, between us and ultimately you know, the creating... Uh, the situation that's caused the second second relationship syndrome, second child syndrome, mm-hmm. you know, I, it is what it is, and I, I feel like that's an easy thing that people say, but obviously it's something that I cannot change. Well, no, obviously. you know, and that's that's what I was going to say. Where it's, I feel like everything happens for a reason. If you look back in my life, the things good and bad that have happened to me, I can see 
that there was a purpose for it all. That's how I cope. That's just kind of, it can sound cheesy. It can sound, oh, you're so optimistic, whatever. That's fine. Yeah, but you're weird. I am weird. You put crap out there and it happens. I do. That is why I continue to do it. I throw shit out into the universe and it comes back to me. Including me. Including him. But that's a whole other episode. If you have questions about that, DM me. (laughs) She asked the universe for me to come and I came. Yes. Okay. Anyway. Yes. So, um, yes, I blame you and judge you and and sometimes resentful about your previous choices, but... I also feel there is no, and I can say this with conviction, there is no other woman best suited to be, uh, to be our son's stepmother. Without a doubt. And that I came to him, not just you, but I came to him at a certain point in his life where he needed a certain amount of support and resources and experience, someone experience someone that was educated. Um, our, for those who don't know, our son is high needs in that he has anxiety, he has ADHD, um, undiagnosed spectrum disorder. Uh, he has a lot of executive functioning issues. And I am a social worker. I have a degree in mental health. I know all about the educational system miracle worker <laughs> thanks um i have a lot of background in 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 these things and so i came into this relationship and i was like i'm seeing these things and it was just i came i felt like i was meant for you too so uh you were so i can say that i have resentment um or that I place blame, but at the same point, I always come back to I'm supposed to be. I'm sp- I'm where I'm supposed to be. I agree. So. I agree. There was an empty spot by my side with your name on it, mm. and that's where you belong. <laughs> um. Next one. What is the biggest strain slash toll on your marriage, and how do you cope? Uh, for me, it's the stress created within a relationship based on the inability to escape the presence of bio mom. No matter what, there's always something going on. Is that what you mean? Well, there's like, we don't get a break. <laughs> well, so is uh, there's the constant that we spoke of last night, mm-hmm. right? There's constantly something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but ultimately because of our parenting plan, um, there's never any opportunity really for any length of time, uh, length long enough for us to recuperate away from mm-hmm. bio mom's involvement. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when we have them and when we don't have them. Because when we have them for long periods of time, it's like, awesome, he's transitioned into our house. He's getting used to our rules. He understands how our family functions. He's not pissed off at his sister all the time. Like, we get a rhythm going in our house, and then, boom, it's Sunday night, and shit hits the fan, and he's a little terror now because... He's, That's just the witching well, hour right, of transition day. He's preparing for the transition back to a different house with different rules and right. different expectations. Yeah. And it's like when we don't have them, 
then our family, because we have our daughter, our family runs differently. It does run differently. There's a, a different level of stress. And, and honestly, there's a certain amount of guilt that I feel because there's a reduction in stress. All, and completely honest, there's a reduction in stress. Mm-hmm. Because of because of the the high needs and the additional element of the expected emails to follow uh, from the week prior when he was not with us, mm-hmm. uh, there's just there's a constant cycle mm-hmm. of of how our how our parenting yeah. co-parenting roles the ebb and a flow and it all revolves really around those transitions. Mm-hmm. So how do we cope with it? Um, sex. <laughs> oh my God. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> totally kidding. Um, I was reserving that answer for another question that I think we already passed. So I had, I had to get <laughs> had it in there. Had to throw it in there. Had to get it in there. I, I think that's true. But I think one Wait, of... Which part's true? One of the ways that we cope, um, or at least the ways that I cope, especially after having our daughter, I have put this pressure on myself that week to week things need to feel and function the same. And I feel like, especially in the past month or so, I have let that expectation go and I have just accepted that on the weeks that we have him, this is the way that our family functions. These are the things that we have to do. This is the way. And sometimes you see that like on the weekends where I'm more high strung on the weekends when we have him because he is more demanding and needs more structure, needs more. This is what you're doing. This is what we're doing today because he is not capable of leisurely hanging around. He needs the direction. I think we're both more high strung only because of what I just said. What, yeah, what yeah. his needs are overall. I don't show it the same way. Mm-hmm. I I show my I show it by taking control and being like waking up in the morning. What are we doing today? So I know structure. Structure. Yeah. And that's because I know that he feeds off of that, right. and so does our two year old right. in a way. But yeah, on the weekends that we don't have him, and it's just the three of us, and our two year olds like whatever, I'm just going to eat breakfast and then I'm going to play with my toys and then what do you, you know, like it's just, so when's nap time, you know? <laughs> for, for, for me, also a little background, I, I deal with things very, very contrary to how Chris does things. Mm-hmm. I can say your name, right? Yes, you can say oh, my name. Okay, good. <laughs> just checking, it said no names. Um, <clears throat> I deal with things very differently in that I am a very much go with the flow. I operate in a fairly high stress environment that I have very little control over and cannot exert that control. You mean you work in it? In, in my in, in my, your in work my professionally, sure. yeah. So, um, and and me by nature, I'm I'm I wouldn't I'm not I wouldn't say I'm passive at all. I'm, but I'm not, I don't have a need to necessarily plan out everything to feel like I'm in control. I feel like I'm in control in my ability to react and pivot. Pivot. Friends. For all you friends 
fans. <laughs> uh, you just scored a lot of points there. <laughs> I like points. Um, and my ability to react and pivot to the situation. And so um, I don't spend a lot of time thinking in advance how something is going to go or what needs to happen. Or I think that's just a dude thing. I don't think that's your... I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean... You could stereotype me. I'm not trying to stereotype. I'm just saying, like, and and it's also, it's also, like I said, I see that the kit, what they benefit from, and like, if things are going to happen, like, I don't know. Sure. I don't want to get too far down this rabbit hole. there's There's a time and a place where your method is appropriate and very, very beneficial. I'm just saying it's not beneficial for everything and how we react and deal with things structure for them so they know what to expect Mm -hmm. structure for them to get them set up for success Mm -hmm. structure for them in planning so they know what to expect and have what they need instead of me being the organizer you take it on sometimes and you can be the conductor and let everyone know what they're doing so i don't have to do it i could do that prove it i do that all the time no you don't i do at work, I do that all yeah, the time. Yeah, so bring your work skills into the house, and you can project manage us. I don't us. want to. I'm off. Well, I don't want to social work all the time either. Then you have to social work me. I social work you all the time. Shh. I let you. Go. <laughs> okay. I'm like a rock. Um, I think we might have answered that question. On to six. Do you have step parents? What advice do they give? So you, uh, you've I, answered I ans- that. I answered half of that. So uh, I, I was trying to add up the numbers. I've had four legitimate step parents only one has stuck i've had uh at least four other parental long-term relationships that somewhat acted like step parents though there was no nuptials involved Mm. um any advice well the one that stuck does she give you any um, advice No, she gives you she advice, gives advice on how to be married <laughs> to a Nelson man. Um, yes. <laughs> that's a whole different topic. This it doesn't involve Well, parenting. I want to go into that for a second. So, actually, in my early days of being a stepmom, uh, my husband's stepmom and I had a conversation. And it was, as I talk about a lot on our social media that aha moment, that heartbeat skipping moment when you meet another stepmom and you feel completely validated. And it was such a weird experience to feel validated from my husband's stepmom because she's acknowledging she wasn't just the second wife. She was the third wife. Mm, Yeah. She was the third wife. Mm -hmm. um, And her and your dad had an ours baby who was your half-brother and she had to deal with my mother-in-law and so it was just like a very interesting conversation to have where it's like so close i mean it's family um and it just brought to light like the regardless of circumstances we all deal with the same things and we all have like the same i'm talking about the stepmoms the parallels were there definitely but i mean all the circumstances Stepmom to stepmom, we feel the same feelings. We feel the same, you know, angst when it comes to the ex. We feel the same feeling of being torn between your stepchild and your biological child. And 
the relationship you have with your husband and how it's impact. I mean, all of it. And so talking to your stepmom about it, it was just like, wow. And it was the first person I feel like in your family who really looked at me and was like, I know exactly what you're going through and I applaud you for it. And, um, to this day, she's still like one of my biggest fans and I love her. So I'm her biggest fan too. She is great. And (laughs) you know, Maybe it was my age growing up. There's a 14-year separation between my brother and I. Um, I never realized that some of the you know the feelings that she had, some of the conflict that she had, that she's thus sharing with me, shared with Chris. I didn't feel at any point that she favored my brother over me it's not a favored thing i'm not saying that no, she's ever and no, but, i don't no but uh, i'm not saying that but what i'm saying is that experience has affected how i feel about our parenting co-parenting mm-hmm. relationship and my hopes for our son our son our daughter, yeah. it's it's been challenging because some of the things that i take for granted in what your experience is is directly related to my experience with my stepmother who was so fantastic that she gave me a false perception essentially of what a co-parenting relationship would be like for a step-parent. I treat you... You were also, what, 12 when you met her? 10. 10? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Regardless, though, Mm -hmm. like... That should thinks of you as his mom. Yeah. But I think that at the time I had that relationship uh, differently in that I knew that this was my father's girlfriend. Mm -hmm. I had enough awareness to not be, to not have those motherly feelings towards her. And yet she still treated me as an equal in my experience. Mm-hmm. And so I never felt that there was any favoritism or any separation. And I try really or hard. Or any reduction. I felt like she was trying to be herself. She was trying to be my mother. But also, I never called her mom. Mm-hmm. Right? I always respected her position. Mm-hmm. So having that relationship it really affected how i view you mm-hmm. and our relationship and my hope that you would especially being when our son was so young coming into our lives or coming into your life that <coughs> he would um or that you would accept him be able to accept him in that way and not really feel that divide i didn't because of my experience, I didn't even... So are you disappointed now that I share things with you where I feel a disconnect with him? Or that after well, having our daughter, I feel sure. differently? Yeah, there's disappointment that I experience. You know, I don't have any control over that. And your experience is your experience. And I, I need to understand and listen and validate and just because what your you stepmom didn't convey that to you doesn't mean that those feelings weren't hard for her. Absolutely not. It just means that more than likely, and especially with what you've shared with me about what she's expressed to you, 
it sounds like that was there and she just did a really good job of protecting mm-hmm. me from it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I try really hard to protect our son from I that. think you do. I absolutely think you do. What he gets to see versus what I get to see is obviously very different. And what my hopes were going into this were likely unrealistic. I think my hopes were unrealistic too. So I I hope that you don't take any of the disappointment that you see from me in my reactions personally, you know, too hard or personally in that. Well, I don't want to dis, I don't, no one wants to feel like they're disappointed. Like I don't want you to be disappointed in me. I, all I ever ask is that when I share things with you that you can listen openly and that I can talk to you openly and not feel judged or feel like a crazy bitch because I don't want him to, he's at this weird age right now where when he hugs me, he puts his his head between my boobs and that's weird. I feel like that, (laughs) I feel like that that would be weird if you were the bio mom, but there's just been certain things that it's, you know, I mean, even, <coughs> even his own mom will, you know, text you or email and say, this is for a dad conversation. And it's like, if she can feel uncomfortable about stuff, I certainly will feel uncomfortable when he's yeah, asking questions about private parts or, you know, no, that's, but yeah. anyway, um, <clears throat> I, yeah. we've strayed from the question. Um, I had a step, I had several step parents. Um, let's see. I had one step dad, um, and he hasn't really given me much advice at all. I think what it's changed on my, and my perspective of now being a step parent is I growing up really, had a hard time balancing my feelings towards my father and also having feelings, loving feelings towards my stepdad. Um, I felt like that, you know, um, like I, I was being unfaithful or I wasn't being, you know, um, what's that word? Unfaithful or I wasn't being loyal. Loyal. Yes. I was being disloyal to my father by loving my stepdad and now being the step parent. Um, I can see how that could be very hurtful. Um, <clears throat> as far as my dad's current wife, um, she's given me some advice, but it's mainly just been about like basic parenting stuff, not so much specific to being a step a stepmom. I don't know if I ever answered the second part of the question. Yeah, you did. I you said she gives her advice, gives me advice. She gives yet. you advice. Yeah, I haven't really received much advice. Yeah. Other than stop being a schmuck. Yeah. That's good advice. And stop being so much like your father. That that is also good advice. I disagree. <laughs> Number seven. Um, Does your husband ever feel stuck in the middle, wanting to keep peace with bio mom, but wanting to keep my lovely wife happy? Yes. Do you ever? St- you've absolutely said that before. Oh uh, uh, yeah, I absolutely feel stuck in the middle sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, much of which is because of the obvious. I am literally stuck in the middle, um, trying to keep the peace with an irrational 
uh, by a mom. Well, you said that you don't want to keep peace with her. You want to... Well, yeah, but... I have done this dance with her his entire life. Mm -hmm. It has been conflict-ridden far before you ever were in the picture. Mm -hmm. And I have a good sense of what I feel is productive and what is not. Well, you mean in, in regards to engaging with her? Yes, that's right. Because <clears throat> um, a large portion of this relationship has been confrontational. Mm -hmm. my, my relationship with her. Um, there was never any loving substance involved in that relationship and it became uh, all about parenting very early you mm -hmm. know um, so <clears throat> the conflict that was created within that relationship um, and everything that has since developed from there I've learned to gauge when is a good time to push, what buttons are mm -hmm. important to push, when to hold my ground, and when to go, you know what, I don't really care. Right. Right. And in the beginning, I was like, absolutely not. We're not going to let her get away with this. This isn't what she said. She's lying. We need to call her out on it. Well, there was that. Well, <laughs> that, was, that was the step after the beginning. In the beginning, it was... I'm a social worker. I have experience in this. This is all <laughs> really great. I can mend these two and create the perfect relationship, co-parenting for this child. I can yeah. heal. <laughs> and then a month and or two went by. Quickly, it was like <laughs> this hoe is crazy. Hey, no name calling. Yeah, well, you yeah, we slipped. <laughs> um, yeah, so there. I mean, there's been a lot of of conversations that you and I have had where you feel like I'm barking at you and telling you that you need to be doing something and you're like, look, let me handle it. And I'm like, I don't want you to handle it that way. And that's when it's hard as a stepmom when you have to like step back and just be like, fine, I'll let you two handle it even though the repercussions of whatever you two decide together is going to directly affect me. It does affect you. However, <laughs> what what ends up happening in those moments when you're frustrated about how things are being dealt with, it comes off, even though the issue isn't with me directly, you get defensive because well, it comes I'm off. You, you get frustrated. You get upset. Uh -huh. yeah, your facial expressions change. You. Your tone changes. How you speak to me changes. It becomes less about partnership and how we're dealing with it together. And it's, you're trying to get me to do something. You're trying to get me to respond to an email in a certain way. You're, you're trying to express certain things and content in one way or another. And that may be different than how I approach things. And so it now becomes confrontational between us mm -hmm. over how I'm going to deal with her. Mm -hmm. And so a large uh, part of what I've done as a stepmom emotionally is just not give a shit. Like, that's what I've had to do is fine. I'll, I put in as much as I do every day. You get to decide how you ultimately want to handle it. And I just have to deal with it. 
Like that's what's that's what's like just globally one of the biggest issues, and and where I feel like that's what you, when you feel like you're in the middle, when it's it's like we reach an impasse. Right. There there are times, and I I know this exacerbates the feeling of you feeling like you don't have a voice or that you have to step back and you know where otherwise you would be able to be directly involved. But there are times when I have to say, you know what, just let me deal with this. Mm-hmm. Let me figure this out, okay? I'll handle it. And it's not that I don't want you to be involved. It's that I run out of bandwidth to be able to take all of the frustration that you're feeling, knowing that ultimately I already feel frustrated about the situation. I don't have a lot of nice things to say I would really love to be able to lash out in that frustration in the moment, but I know that that's not productive. And right now when I'm trying to calm myself down, you mean in, in response to her, yes. Okay. Yeah. Directly <laughs> in response like, to her when I'm trying to calm myself down and how I respond right. to her and, then I'm just and you're just to the adding, yes, constant, you know, adding more and more. And it's like, <clears throat> that, yeah. that's when I feel and then it's even worse middle. when I start texting my girlfriends and then they're coming at, out with oh, like... Oh, yeah, yeah. When you have all of the support from all of your, you know, all like, of your I ladies... I can't believe she did that. Well, oh. do you remember when she did this? And then my yeah, girlfriend's like, yeah, yeah. yeah, remember when she did this? And I'm like, babe, remember this? Like, we need to bring this up. Like, yeah. and I, I don't have that. I don't, I don't know if men deal with things in the same way, but I don't, I don't have a pack of men that I confide in mm-hmm. uh, in those situations. But my lovely wife has a wonderful, wonderful support group of ladies... Uh, stepmoms, moms, just fantastic friends, mm-hmm. and I hear it all. <laughs> um, okay, number eight. How do you support your wife in dealing with bio mom? How do you support me? Um, so, initially, when we talked about this, I had a little bit of a difficulty answering this question only because I think historically uh, what my biggest support has been versus what I do on a day-to-day type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, you are so amazing at how we operate daily that honestly, I think of more ways that you support me even while you're being an amazing stepmom and wife and mother to our daughter. In the immediate, it's more difficult to think of ways that I support you other than being present and being a family man and all that. Historically, what I have done and what I've insisted on from the absolute very beginning that I introduced you in that first email was propping you up, supporting your position mm-hmm. and not allowing bio mom mm-hmm. to, you know, to, to, to say, no, we're not ready for her to be in this relationship. You don't get to have her be here in our son's life. We need to wait. Mm-hmm. It was like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. You know, from the very beginning, fuck you. You don't get to decide 
who I, who I choose to date, when I choose to involve them in our child's life. And also, she and, never gives you that courtesy. Absolutely not. So, no, yeah. anytime something special comes along, <clears throat> right. you know, she... Do you she, want to meet him? Do you want to meet him? Yeah, right? So <laughs> there, there was absolutely no way I was ever going to allow this person to dictate who I dated, what involvement they had with our child, and, and what their future was, mm-hmm. and, you know, or what her future, your future ultimately was with our child. I wasn't right. going to allow her to, to mm-hmm. dictate any of that. Mm-hmm. And so my role from the very beginning and how I support you is constantly reaffirming your position in this relationship, mm-hmm. constantly reaffirming and validating Mm-hmm. why you are here and you do that <clears throat> you do that in emails I mean early on when she wouldn't include me in emails you would CC me you would add me to the emails Chris is on this email too she needs to know this information <laughs> whether it was uh, when we were at the school and she would refer to me as Miss Chris and belittle me as if I'm a freaking teacher, and it's like, no. I think some of you might have actually seen a snippet of an email or two. <laughs> yes, I have. If you look in our feed, yeah, we've uh, I've included, yes. Um, yeah, and I mean, a lot of face-to-face stuff. It's been, a, it's even five years later, sometimes she needs a reminder of who I am, and... Um, I feel like our son at this point, he does a way better job of defending who I am in his life more so than, than what we do. Um, especially when we're like at school and he's like, mom, look at me. And she looks over and he's like, no mom. (laughs) And he's talking about me. (laughs) It gets confusing. It's so beautiful. (laughs) That's so amazing. Um, you know, that's very validating for me. And I, I, I know not all stepmoms want that experience. I know not all stepmoms feel comfortable with that. Again, I've been in his life since he was three. Um, I am his mom and he sees me like that. And, and he validates a lot of what I need to be validated for my own chugging along. Um, so sometimes he's, he's my, biggest, my biggest fan and feeling, feeling supported with her. Um, how do I, okay. So this was, how do I tell, so this, yes, someone wrote in and said, how do I tell my boyfriend I need to disengage without the guilt? So for your specific question, I would first ask, what do you feel guilty about? Do you feel guilty for wanting to disengage, wanting to create those boundaries, wanting to step back and care for yourself for a little bit? That's my biggest question. In, <laughs> I, that, in that, in in the self care piece of that, why do you feel guilty about mm-hmm. needing? To oh, take if, care if it of, were me, if when I'm uh, saying absolutely. disengage, if you, were to, if you were to say that to me, uh-huh. I would say, why do you feel guilty about needing to take care of yourself? Sure. Yeah. Because ultimately, you shouldn't feel guilty. There shouldn't be guilt. Um, I do feel guilty even now when I, you know, I'm going to leave the house and go do some things or whatever, and I come back and 
you're stressed out and I feel like, well, I shouldn't have left because shit has hit the fan and you obviously are now stressed out. So what good did that do? Because now I have to handle your stress too. Mm-hmm. There's I, where some guilt comes in. I, I'm I just un- being honest. I, I understand that. Um, having stress, dealing with stress <clears throat> is normal. It doesn't mean I regret you having, you know, having to be there so that you can have an opportunity to do something on your own. I want you to know I don't feel guilty when I go golfing. Well, hell no, you don't, obviously. Not at all. <laughs> Not one bit. And when I come home and you're stressed out, I'm like, okay, let's see how I can help. But never once do I go, I shouldn't have gone golfing. Well, that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you could share some of the moments that I feel. I, the- I, I wish you could share some of the... Non guilt. Let's help each other with so, that. So stop feeling guilty. To to handle the front of that question, how do I tell my boyfriend? Um, first, you need to handle the guilt part and be confident in and knowledgeable in what you're needing and asking for. So if you go to your boyfriend and you say, you know what, this weekend I'm not going to be a part of this whole gig. I need to do some of these things for me. I'm going to go hang out with my girlfriends. I'm going to go to my parents' house. I'm going to go shopping, I'm going to, whatever that self-care is, just be confident in that and explain your needs and explain the reason why. I mean, you can have it be a dialogue and a discussion or whatever, but if your boyfriend is understanding and appreciative of everything that you're doing and can recognize that any normal human being needs a fucking break every now and again, then it should be in just a absolutely easy and, discussion and ultimately it should be a two-way street now at this point in your relationship if it's your boyfriend obviously there's a significantly greater responsibility on his end uh, assuming he's got the biological child you need to take time for yourself mm-hmm. you should not feel guilty for that and he should understand ultimately he should understand Mm-hmm. that you need time for yourself. <clears throat> this next question is really funny because it's only become an issue like in the past couple weeks. <laughs> How do you well, handle Not really. It's on been and an on. it's been an on. it's it's resurfaced in a different way. Okay, it's way. resurfaced. Yeah. How do you handle bringing clothes to and from homes? So, um we have a Monday to Monday schedule. Typically, he comes in her clothes from her house. Uh, he will, we will do laundry, and come the following Monday, I will put him back into the same clothes. I mean, this is sometimes he'll be wearing our jacket or our shoes, but for the most part, down to the underwear, socks, shirt, pants, sweatshirt, whatever, it's all hers. I launder it, get it back on him come the next Monday and it goes back to her house. And this is specifically because she's shown no reliability overall in getting our our clothes clothes back back. to us. And so instead of it being bi-directional, it's become a, he comes in this, he goes back in that because we want our stuff back. Yeah. And there's some instances where it's like, okay, the weather has changed and I'm not going to put him in shorts. Right. I'm not going to put her. So I'll put her shorts back in the backpack and I'll pull out a pair of pants that I don't give a shit about. 
and that's what he'll go in. Um, so that's typically how we handle it. In the past week or so, uh, he came back wearing her pants when we had sent him in a pair of his nice new school pants, so I was pissed. I spent money on he this. He came back in sweats. Yeah, she dresses him like... She doesn't dress him. He pretty much... It looks like he dresses himself, but this is a kid who should not be wearing sweatpants and he just yeah i don't want my kids looking disheveled when they go to school that's it i mean even my two-year-old her hair's done like she just yeah that's my own thing Mm -hmm. so that's kind of how we handle it we handle it with other things too as far as like he's not yet at an age where he like cares about what he's wearing really like i know other stepmoms are like oh my stepdaughter wants to wear these certain things no matter at which house she's at and so then it gets a little bit more complicated our kid doesn't care about that um i get him clothes that he really likes to wear he wears them when he's with us and then he's like oh i'm going back to my mom's house so i'm wearing these clothes huh yep there you go <laughs> um why did you decide to go from co-parenting to parallel parenting? How has that been? Oh, I got this one. You got this one? Well, I'll start this one. Okay, yeah. hold on. Let me first define what parallel and co-parenting is for some people that may not know. Got it. Co-parenting is when you have this, I want to say, idealistic belief that everyone can be communicative and cordial and respectful and there can be email exchanges you can have meetings together there's no conflict high conflict it's just very respectful back and forth um everyone is you know receptive on the same page on the same page receptive to each other's needs honest like perfect scenario type of thing not that's the ideal of co-parenting there's i feel like it's on a spectrum there The other side of the spectrum is parallel parenting, where each individual house has their own set of rules, they have their own structure, they have their own way of doing things, Um, things are done separately, so teacher conferences are done separately, Um, everything is pretty much communicated through email uh, or text message, there's no room to have things not documented. that's kind of where parenting. So in the past six months, maybe longer. At least six months. We went from a, yeah, we're still trying to co-parent. We're still, and it was like nailing jello to a tree. Like you can, <laughs> it just wasn't working. And then we sent a email to buy a mom that pretty much said, this is how we're doing it now. I even cop because it's me, even copy and pasted a definition of parenting or of parallel parenting. So she knew and it was like, this is how we're moving forward. So what led us to that, babe? Nailing jello to a tree. <laughs> it didn't work. It didn't work. It no. didn't work at all. Uh, we tried with the best intentions for quite some time. And the five rapid email Sunday night anxiety that we spoke of earlier was a regularity. It was a constant. And I mentioned that that earlier, that that was my own fault. And that was because there were so many issues to talk about from week to week, given our high needs child, that 
it was difficult to respond to each of them in kind from week to week in this exhaustive email. And truth be told, I am a side note about the emails. I was not as responsive as I should have been in many ways. I am somewhat of a believer that you can achieve more by doing nothing than by being constantly involved in, in, in certain aspects of this form of communication. And so... But it, some things need tended. Some, yes, absolutely. Some things need to be tended, and that's one of the benefits of having a wonderful, organized wife in my life like you, yeah. is you have a very good grasp about what needs to be attended to. I have a better grasp about what does not need to be attended to. And together we make the perfect parent, mm. perfect co-parent, really? perhaps. So that being said, the uh, exchange that we were dealing with from week to week to week was exhaustive. And it ultimately wasn't going anywhere. It was like um, we were trying and trying and trying. There were so many things that we were trying to get her on board with as far as his dietary needs or as far as, you know, he needs to go into behavioral uh, social skills classes or he needs to go to counseling uh, on a routine basis. He needs to, you know, do all these things and, oh, potty training. He needs to, you know, we're, we're, we worked so hard to get him to, you know, not pee the bed. We were changing sheets every night. We were getting up at 2 a.m., 4 a.m. to try and get him to go to the bathroom. We were putting, putting down puppy pads. We were putting down puppy pads. Like, and she was saying, oh, yeah, I'm on board. Oh, yeah, I'm doing that. Come to find out she hasn't been doing shit and we're exhausted. He's still peeing the bed. There has to be so much consistency with him. And it just got to a point where I was... I was exhausted. And there was none. There was no consistency. No consistency. I'm sorry to cut you off. No. The, ultimately, the, ultimately, the problem was is that we had a non-participant yeah. in the attempt to co-parent. Every attempt to co-parent or set up some form of structure and consistency was met with uh, Lies, resistance, excuses. Yeah, and, and, and enough was enough. And right? it, what I feel honestly, what I feel like it boiled down to was if it's not her idea, it doesn't matter. I agree. And I agree. so it was me coming up with a lot of these ideas because of you know my yep. education yep. and what like yep. he needs this daily schedule, he needs this clock, he need you know all these things. Mm -hmm. So he knows where he's going. So he knows what to expect. So his anxiety will go down. So, you know, he needs all these things that because it was coming, she knew it was coming from me, even though it was your name on the emails. You know, it's like it wasn't her idea. So she wasn't going to enforce it. We have a much different style, style of writing I, emails, I'm far more <laughs> confrontational and far more abrasive, abrasive. Yeah. So she knows. But so since, so since then, we email only about necessary things. We don't email her and say, hey, he had a great week. You know, at school he did these things and he came home and was excited about this. And this is what we did during the weekend. Ask him about this. He was so funny when he did this. No, we don't do that anymore. Fuck it. So it's been great. Yes. The second part of that question, how has it been? Wonderful. Yeah. It's probably one of the best parenting, co-parenting 
parenting decisions we've made. And it's simply the entire purpose was to exclude her from our relationship mm -hmm. to have her be less of an element in, in our, our relationship yeah. because our, yeah. she was a constant fixture it was a constant source of conflict and as a stepmom when you're already spending so much time having to consider another parent it was nice to not it was nice to walk around my house being like because this is how much of a planner i am where Back in the day, I would be going through our week and I would be writing the email in my head. Oh, I need to you know, oh, yeah. make a note emails. of that. Yeah. And so it was like freeing to be like, you know what? She doesn't need to know this shit. This is my house, my family. Mm -hmm. There was a big, bigger separation. I wasn't constantly having to think, oh, what is she going to think about this? Or I'm going to have to update her on this. And it was just, no, no. So it's been great. It's been wonderful. Yeah. If you haven't. If you haven't made the move and you feel like it's right for you, I would recommend it. Okay, which leads us to, in a perfect world, what would co-parenting look like for you? Pretty much the opposite of what we just said. Um, th that's, yes, if you're forced to have to co-parent, then well, yes, the opposite of what we just described would be great. Well, when you say forced, so... Back to, what was it, episode five with the Gifford um, family. That is an ideal co-parenting situation where everyone is respectful of one another. There's no lying. There's no deceit. There's no jealousy. There's no negativity. It's literally, and what it comes down to, about the, what's best for the child. Weird. And that there is communication when there is a difference and the ideas of what is best for the child, that both ideas are respected. Both ideas are, you know, there's compromise. Like, well, it's, it's ultimately, it's when the, the needs of the child outweigh the needs of, of the parent's the ego. Parent's yeah. Ego, yeah. 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 Ultimately, that's, that's the ideal. Because when we receive emails and it's, we can just smell the bullshit of really like why won't you just be honest and say hey i don't have the money right now could you you know give me or, another week or two to come up with the money that i owe you or hey i am no longer dating the man that i was dating that you knew about and mm -hmm. guess what i'm dating another one mm -hmm. surprise yeah like instead of oh I meant to email you eight months ago, but it, it seems to have been in my draft folder the whole time. Weird. Guess what? Our eight-year-old talks. Yeah, and he told us eight months ago right. that you weren't with him anymore. Yeah, guys, that happened, like, in the past week. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just... It's just, be honest. Like, that's what we would want. In honesty, a perfect co-parenting, be honest, yes. Put, put aside your own <coughs> bullshit for the mm -hmm. sake of your child. Mm-hmm. Because nothing else matters. Mm -hmm. My bullshit doesn't matter. Your bullshit doesn't matter. I don't really care. Oh, the only thing I care about is the well-being of our child. Mm -hmm. If he's taken care of, if he's solid, if he doesn't have a bunch of external influences that are not beneficial to him or haven't been vetted, mm -hmm. like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like and just be real. Mm -hmm. Be real. Yeah, and I think just to kind of like summarize like our whole talk here is 
I, I don't like it when I feel like so much of our conflict in our marriage is because of the blended family aspect. I would love to argue with you more about, I don't know, what do normal people argue about? You didn't, that, that's the problem. You we didn't, don't know. You didn't put the toilet paper on the roll when it was empty. It goes over the roll, not under the roll. <laughs> it does. I'm not disagreeing with don't, that. Don't argue with me about the toilet paper. <laughs> like, I would love to argue about things like that and not, hey, did you send that email yet? Why haven't you sent that email yet? And, and, and that's, uh, that's probably one of the biggest regrets that I have within our relationship is that the majority of the conflict that we have experienced since we've been married has been about a child and a past relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even know what most people, normal people argue mm-hmm. about within their relationship because there's always been an external influence. Yeah. And I don't know how to be a wife without not being a mom when a lot of people know what that's like. I... I'm sorry, I'm old. We have plans. <laughs> there was a question that you said you had for me. Do we want to end with that? I, I, you know, I've been thinking about this for a while. And um, <clears throat> given all of the stuff that we've gone through and seeing you experience our life and the conflict and just the, tr- the just the turmoil that you personally have gone through being in a relationship with me because of this relationship and this child i often wonder you know now that you are 5 years down the path if you had that knowledge when we were on that non-date date or shortly thereafter, would you still be here? Mm. Would you still be with me? Would I have still made the choice? Yeah, I know you love me, but it's come with a lot of hardship because at the risk of sounding like I'm calling names, Biomom is... A B word? There's that. There's that. I I don't think she is um, completely all there. Mm. Mm -hmm. And it's created a lot of conflict because of her... Inadequacies? Yes. Is that a better word? That is a wonderful word. Okay. Thank you for saving me. Yes. Um, Without a doubt, I would still choose you. It's not that I don't still have a choice. I choose you every day. Mm, I'm pretty great. You're so lame. <laughs> um, he also gets really uncomfortable. Not, I mean, he gets uncomfortable in general when we have like heart-to-heart conversations. But he knows that this is like going to be like released tomorrow, so he's even a little bit more feisty and awkward. Anyways, let me let me answer your question. I would have still chosen you. I probably, as we have talked about, how I went in legs first, feet first. Is that how it goes? I think it's feet first, yeah. Feet first. I went all in. And if I could do it over again, I probably would have given myself more time and would have 
then done a slower start where I was quick to be like, you need to go to the DZ and you need to get your TI license. Like, sure. Like, let's, let's do that. I'll take care of the kid. And admittingly, admittedly, it was, I wanted to hang out with my new boyfriend and I wanted him to see how committed I was because I felt comfortable with that. But then I feel like it turned into an expectation. It turned into, you've met this girl that is highly capable, that can handle herself. She has her shit together. Like you saw a great thing and you were like, absolutely, let's keep, let's keep doing this. This is great. You are completely on board. And even though I felt so comfortable, I, I wish I would have like taken a step back and been like, you should move a little slower here and not just become mom in four months. And that's, I mean, cause we were living together after six and at that point it was like, we were living together and every week we were playing house. So I, I wish I just would have been more like, Hey, you have the kid. I'm going to go do some stuff. Let me know if you have a babysitter or, you know, but it was never really like that. It's a, I think it's a case of you don't know what you, what you don't know. know. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, what you're asking is if I did know. Right. No, I'm saying. <laughs> then I would go back in time and. Yeah. Yeah. And, right. Yeah. It never was it my intention or my conscious decision to be like, I've scored. I'm going to take advantage of this. Well, no, I'm not suggesting you know, that. And, and what happened ultimately was, you know, yes, I was working. I had a weekend job. I was doing that to, to be able to do that consistently on the weeks that I had him. You're, you know, you, you took over and, and taking care of him while I was, uh, in the air. And, Mm -hmm. and then as our relationship progressed and our goals progressed, that became an avenue to, you know, pay for some of those things. And that's, and and that kind of perpetuated that Mm -hmm. cycle. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not defending myself. I'm simply saying that, you know, that. That cycle was ongoing and right. and became further developed, and the expectations grew. Our our relationship quickly became a quote unquote partnership. Oh, absolutely. And so that that is what I think I want. I would have wanted more of a transitional period yeah, there, I, I where it wasn't that. just mm-hmm. oh now I'm helping you out. So you, you know where, yeah. So I still would have chosen you. Yeah. I still want to be here. Are you just saying that? No. Yeah. Um, all right. I think we're going to wrap it up. Well, you know, no, no, sh- no secret questions for me. Mm, well, now you put me on the spot. I knew you had a secret question. That's not a secret. Shh. Uh, if you could change one thing aside from Biomom vanishing in our co-parenting situation a realistic change, what, what would, would I, it be? What would I change? 
I'm not prepared for that question. Um, if I could change one thing, what would I want it to be? Uh, I, I think it would be, ultimately, I think it would be how we communicate about the stressors that come up and how we, and how, how we deal with things differently, how we present those and how we communicate about them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I understand that the biological responsibilities I feel you don't feel all the time for our son or they're different Mm. or sometimes I look to you to guide that because Mm. I don't have that right so I look to you as the dad to make decisions to take action to right you know no definitely Uh, I think that you know because of how we deal with things differently that sometimes I am more reactive to the way that you deal with things because I am different and I don't, I don't always understand or give credit to why you're reacting the way that you are. Mm-hmm. I take for granted some of those things, be it because of my personal feelings about the situation, be it because of that wonderful influence in my stepmother that uh, I didn't see. And so I take for granted your experience and and, and what you deal with on day to day. I just, I would like to find, I, I think that I would like to find a, a better way for us to communicate overall that... Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I feel like that that's a good goal for, I mean, we're constantly trying to grow and learn more about each other and <clears throat> how we can communicate better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We've only been married, what, it'll be four years next month. Shut the front door. <laughs> like you forgot. <sighs> what? <laughs> we already have a, a babysitter lined up so we get to go out it's not a non-date date it's It's not it's a real date it's a real date it's a real date okay we're gonna end the episode here um if you have any questions any follow-up things any burning things from this episode you can send us a dm on our instagram at radical stepmoms podcast and babe thanks for joining me you did great Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity uh, to speak to you all, regardless of how nervous I am. Thank you for listening to Radical Stepmoms. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a like in the app and share our podcast with your fellow stepmamas. You can also follow us on our Instagram page at Radical Stepmoms Podcast, or if you have any questions or ideas, we would love to hear from you, and you can email us at Radical Stepmoms Podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.